Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Abigail, and I'm addicted to money. So for the next 50 seconds, I'd like to feel dirty, inconsiderate, manipulative, and ashamed. I apparently agreed to play the game of life by the rules made by the rich in order to make them more rich. And because I feel powerless and out of control, I am asking you to listen to this ad for Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer or phone. Anchor will distribute your podcast wherever you can get podcasts. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And everything you need to make a podcast is in one place. So download Anchor for free on the app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So, yeah, that's all I have. Thanks for letting me share. You're listening to the Manic Pixie Weirdo. I'm Abigail, your host. Um, and we're here today with Delvin Cox from the Delvin Cox Experience. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing today? <laughs> okay, so uh, this is part three, the first three-part series that we've done. Um, and we've been talking about sports, specifically Tyson and Holyfield coming out of retirement. So I am Team Holyfield. I'm in the Holyfield corner. Um, but I kind of want, and you said that you're a Tyson fan. Huge Tyson fan. Big, big Mike Tyson fan. I used to love Mike Tyson as a kid. Okay, cool. So I kind of want to get your take on Tyson. What do you think about him coming out of retirement? Um, what you thought of him as a kid? Like what your perception of him was? Just sort of basic stuff like that. Okay, cool. Well, I'm a huge Mike Tyson fan since I was a kid. I remember, I know this podcast talks about things that you're close to and things like that, which I think is cool. Mm -hmm. But I remember being a kid, being at my dad's house on Saturday night, watching cable, because he had, this is is how old I am, they had the illegal boxes that you could buy from somebody that had all the channels. So my dad would get all of the boxing events to a I think Tyson fought like every three months or something like that. Oh, yeah. So every time a Tyson fight would come on, his house would be crowded full of guys wanting to watch this fight. And they had like pizza and popcorn and stuff like that. And everybody, you know, the fight only lasted, what, 30 seconds, 40 seconds? Oh, yeah. But we, it was an event in my house. And I, I just remember, and it was, this was the first time I really looked, watched boxing and to see somebody like with that ferocity and that energy, it was amazing to me. Like, as a kid, I used to watch pro wrestling, so like they, people like Hulk Hogan, the Iron right. Chief, I enjoyed it because it was wrestling for what it was, but it's different when you're watching it 
something that is real and people really getting knocked out and people really getting hurt. And it, it just, Tyson had this different energy, this aura around him that just was unmatched like. And it felt like in his prime, he was unstoppable. He was one of the scariest figures I've probably ever seen in boxing, with maybe the exception of um, George Foreman in his prime. Mm-hmm. But Tyson was that kind of mythical creature that you didn't think about ever get being defeated. And as I got older, I learned to appreciate Tyson more because I understood that, yeah, he's been through a lot of stuff. He had a rough childhood. A lot of that, a lot of his anger in the ring wasn't necessarily anger, fear. Right. And, he's, and he kind of channeled that fear. And then what really kind of made me turn the corner on Tyson, like really respect him is he had a documentary called Tyson that came out like a, a while back. What was it like 10 years ago, something like that. And it talks about everything he went through his life, like the, the rape allegations. It talks about him being like a focused boxer with Gus Camado and stuff like that. And how once Gus, his father took it since he left his life because he passed away, it kind of changed him for the worse. And how he was doing all kind of wild, crazy stuff. Then there's a moment in the documentary where he talks about him losing a child. And like, his, his, I don't know if you remember this, his child, his child drowned in the pool. No, I didn't. I didn't even know that. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah and, and he talks about it. He breaks down in tears. And it's like, wow, like all these years of watching Tyson, you kind of think of him as, as this ferocious beast, this animal, this kind of uncaged creature. And then you see this moment of him and it humanized him in a way that I personally didn't see before. And then you see him now. He's kind of, it's fascinating. Watch that transition from him become this, from this ferocious fighter that everybody kind of feared to this kind of almost gentle giant. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, you see the movies like The Hangover and stuff like that. You see him having fun. You hear him on his podcast and stuff. He's kind of almost meek to an extent. Like, I don't know if you ever looked to his podcast, but he has an episode multiple episodes think with Evander Holyfield where they talk about the fight and stuff like that, how things have changed. And seeing that side of Tyson to me is really cool because, truthfully speaking, when you have fighters like Tyson who live hard, like do drugs and live their hard life, they don't usually make it to this age. Oh, no, no. I totally agree. Okay, so I have a couple of questions. But I guess one of the things that you, like, touched on was – as I was, because I watched that documentary Chasing Tyson with my dad. It was on ESPN. It was like a 30 for 30 or something. And that's kind of how this whole segment or like this whole uh, series uh, sort of bloomed and like came out. Um, but, you know, my dad was like, he was kind of the bad boy of boxing. Like he was wild, crazy, in your face. Like the he was just, you know, and then. For me, regardless of what you think about him and his personal life, like the rape stuff, all of the sexual, like all of that, I just like I'm just really focused on like him as a boxer because he is talented. Whether you like his style, whether you like him as a person, you have to say he is talented at what he does. He's incredibly good at just hitting people really hard and winning. Like he's yeah. just really good at that. Um, but it kind of sounds like uh, you like your sort of love for Tyson 
started as like a family experience and like a bonding experience, like with the rest of your family. And like, that's just, he just like happened to be the fighter that you guys just like all collectively came together and like would have a really like fun time hanging out, just like a moment where everybody came together and like had that unity of like, we're a family, we're a unit and we're going to back this guy. Yeah, that... it, was kind of, it kind of plays into it a lot. I think that's part of it. I think he's more spending time with my father and watching him love something as much as he liked boxing at the time. I felt that I think that plays a part into it. And I feel like when I got like being a kid and growing up watching Tyson and then seeing all those memorable moments, like you know, if you follow the whole thing, whether it's him knocking out Frank Bruno or his first loss to Buster Douglas. I right. saw all of that. Oh, then, then you get to the Holyfield incident. Mm-hmm. I saw it when it happened. I'm like, holy. It was something you've never seen before in boxing. Even though it was a horrific thing. It was like, holy crap. I can't believe this is happening. Oh, like, yeah. It, and for everything that people say about the incident, negative or positive, it forever changed both of those fighters' careers. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mike Tyson became vilified. He became like this, almost like a pariah for for a a period of time. And even when he came back from that, he was never the same. Yeah. Whereas Holyfield became a superstar. Like, people always knew Holyfield was good and great. But he he, shot through the stratosphere after that fight because he was the guy who was known as Yo, he beat Mike Tyson. He beat Mike Tyson to the point Mike Tyson had to cheat and still didn't get that for him in the fight. So it became like a, a cool thing for Holyfield, even though he got his ear bitten off. Like a lot of things came from that thing. Like Holyfield had classic fights after that Tyson fight. Oh, yeah. But that was like the peak. That was like the thing that everybody was. Well, because in that documentary, the uh, Chasing Tyson documentary, they talk about, you know, like, the hype around the fight between these two was insane. Everybody wanted to see them fight and he couldn't, they couldn't, they had that fight like scheduled, but then like he went to prison or jail or whatever. Um, and so it got canceled. And, but then when he got out, that was like the first thing everybody asked him was like, when are you going to fight Holyfield? When are you going to like, everybody wanted that fight. Yeah. And then, after that fight, it was nothing really that kind of matched that. He had the fight with Lennox Lewis, but it wasn't the same. And, right. then, with Hol- and then on the other side, when Holyfield had the fight with Lennox Lewis, it was kind of a big deal. Yeah. And it was a great fight. So it's yeah. like, whereas Tyson peaked at that Holyfield fight, you could honestly say, it was like peaked and went downhill from there. Holyfield continued on and still had a great career after that fight. That wasn't in the Holyfield. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, So, one of the things that I saw in the... um, Well, one of the things that I really liked about the documentary Chasing Tyson was that, you know, they had him talking, you know, Holyfield and Tyson talking, and they asked Tyson, like, what was going through your mind when... uh, like when you bit him and he was and he was just really honest and he was just like, 
I was pissed, dude. Like I was just yeah. mad. And I believe that. I totally believe that. But what I don't buy is I don't buy that he's like this bad boy. Like that was kind of his image for a while was that he was like the bad boy of boxing. He was this big, mean killing machine that was just going to come after you. And nobody wanted to get in the ring with him because he was crazy in the ring and crazy out of the ring. But I don't know if I buy that. I don't know. Like, did you sort of buy that or like, cause I no. just. I realized that Tyson's whole thing kind of was just a mental health issue. Mm. She kind of dealt with depression kind of dealt with a situation where he didn't feel like he was worth it and boxing kind of was that outlet for him. Like, he talks about it often that he was bullied as a kid. He fought because he didn't know what else to do. He didn't have any friends, so he knew that if he didn't fight back, people were going to bully him, and he kind of took that into the ring with him. And you can tell that Tyson has mental health issues, and, you know, he dealt with anger issues and stuff like that. That's why now he, he talks about smoking weed and all these other things to help keep him calm. But it's like, I think there is a side of Tyson that's almost like, like I said earlier, a gentle giant, somebody who's very compassionate about things in life, and he wants to know. He's very knowledgeable, even though you don't, you wouldn't think it off first glance. He's a very knowledgeable person, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that he's also very self-aware of certain things he did, like even the Holyfield thing. He was like when they did the interview with Tyson's podcast, he was like Holyfield kept headbutting me, and the ref wasn't calling, so I got pissed off. And then Holyfield laughed about it. You know, I'm glad that they're friends now after that incident. Oh, yeah. And you can tell that that now they're past, like, I think it was Holyfield had a TV show or Tyson had a TV show at one point. I think it might have been Tyson. Like, on MTV, I kind of remember somebody. I don't think it was Holyfield because I'd never heard of Holyfield until, like, two months ago. So It was a short-lived show. But I remember there was one episode where Holyfield went to Tyson and told Tyson to help train his son. Oh, shit. So I didn't realize that. That's the thing. And if you get to that point with somebody where you can be like, after everything is said and done, you're like, hey, come help me train my son for this fight. I think it's Holyfield's son, the amateur boxer now. And Tyson was helping him train him and talking, telling him certain things to do during fights and stuff like that. I think that's cool, and I think that shows the character of Mike Tyson in terms of, like, he could take a situation that was really bad, that the world seen was probably one of the worst situations the boxer's ever been in. Oh, yeah. Move past it, and I'll move past it to a point where he's okay with what happened, he can accept it, but the other person can accept it as well, and they can even develop a friendship after it. That's a very powerful thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, did you, uh, other than like, um, it being a really cool bonding experience, because that's kind of how like boxing is for me. I don't really, I'm not super knowledgeable about boxing. Um, my dad is though, and it's something he's really passionate about. And it's something that like we do together is like, we watch fights and we watch documentaries and stuff like that. Um, so is that kind of what it was for you too? Was like this bonding experience for you and your dad? It was that. And it, it was my first foray into getting into boxing. You know, after that, after watching Tyson and stuff, I became a big Roy Jones Jr. fan. I also started watching, like, old Muhammad Ali matches and looking up the history of Muhammad Ali. Yes. And, you know, because before all that stuff, my only knowledge of boxing was the Rocky movies, which I loved a lot. But oh, yeah. 
truthfully speaking, the Rocky movies aren't realistically what boxing look like. No, no. I did find um like the 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 Muhammad Ali uh what is it? The the thriller in Manila. Yeah. That whole uh that whole thing. I mean, you could not like it was that was like real life lock, Rocky to me. That yeah, was real much. life like, you know, Apollo Creed versus, you know, Rocky Balboa. That was if there was ever like a based on true events type of version, like it was based on that. It was based on those fights. Yeah, I, I think so. I I appreciate watching those older fights now because you see how good how good those fights were and how excited they they were back then and even now. Like if you watch Floyd Mayweather fight, and people make this complaint about Floyd Mayweather all the time, his fights are boring. They are hard to watch because he's such a technical boxer. If you don't understand those elements of boxing, mm-hmm. you won't like a Floyd Mayweather. Like Tyson's exciting. Tyson's going to knock you out. Yeah. You know, blow for blow. Floyd Mayweather is not that. And I think that's kind of why people don't talk about boxing like they used to because you have to fight like Floyd Mayweather, who's a defensive boxer. Who's not trying to knock you out? He's just trying to win. It's almost like uh, the argument with LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. So Michael, Le- LeBron James is a very technical player. His whole thing is, I'm going to make the best basketball play, whereas yeah. Michael Jordan is going to make the best play that he thinks it is. So Michael Jordan thinks he needs like when it comes to that final shot, whether it's the best play or not, Michael Jordan's taking the, the shot. Oh yeah. yeah. LeBron is kind of the opposite of that. He's going to look for the open man and see what, who is best at taking the shot. And I think that's kind of the difference between watching Boston in the past where it was made maybe a little bit more exciting. Yeah. Watching it today, whereas, you know, it's a lot more technical. You don't have as many knockouts as you do, especially, you know, there are not really that many stars like we had back in those days. We have a couple of them, but it's not like it was back in the Oh, 90s. no. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Tyson is your favorite boxer, like of all time, out of like everybody that you like, out of all the people that you know of in boxing, he's your favorite. Like, what would be like your three big reasons as to why? Like, do you like when you were younger, did you identify with him? Like, could you ha- did you like have, you know, some sort of like, hey, like maybe I could find something to channel like my emotions into or like, some, you know. Like, what were your... I think there's a relatability to him. Like, especially when I got older and started hearing his story, there's a little bit of relatability to him with the whole bullying thing like that and wanting to fight back and train themselves. But I kind of relate to that story because it makes him seem human. I, I also like the superhuman, superhero element of him being such a powerful boxer, kind of right. so ultra-focused on one goal to the point where it's scary. I, I like that element of him. And I also like that he, especially now, doesn't take himself serious. No, uh, he, he doesn't. He likes, wants to have fun. He wants to be himself. He's unapologetically himself. Like, when he was, like, during the time when he was suspended from boxing, he was on the WWE in yeah. WrestleMania. <laughs> that was, like, a thing. I mean, it's still kind of a thing, but I don't think it's as quite as big of a deal as it was, like, you know, yeah. back, you know. <laughs> and that wasn't a thing you commonly saw in wrestling or in any, in, in any sport like that. You didn't really see, like, wrestlers or, bo- not wrestlers, boxers or 
NBA players and stuff like that just hop into a wrestling match or something like that. That wasn't their thing. That wasn't a thing that was happening. And Tyson was one of those few guys who kind of crossed that barrier. Like, hey, I'm going to go be on a WrestleMania because I want to. Yeah, that's so awesome. I got to ask, what's with the like his like face tattoo? I know he has it, but like, is there a story behind it? Or like that? First of all, that seems incredibly painful. But like, what's the story with that? It's some type of tribal tattoo that he wanted to get. I forgot what it means. Like something like a warrior, something like that. He just he's one of those face tattoos. Oh, okay. No, I don't really like. It doesn't bother me. It's just like I just don't know what it is, and so I'm just kind of like, what does does that mean? Something you know? It means something. I can't remember what it is right now, and it's just one of those things. And we're going to talk about that. Tyson was one of the first people I've seen do that, like in regular pop culture. That wasn't a thing before Tyson. You know, you had Samoans who would do anything like that, but it wasn't a pop culture thing until I saw Tyson A get this big face tattoo. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's definitely like the first of a lot of things. You know, he's the first to kind of cross over that barrier into like, I'm going to just do other stuff because I want to, like you said. But I don't know that fa- every time I see it, the first thing I think of is that had to hurt really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that brave. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool that he did it because like, it's actually just interesting. And when he does stuff like that, it fascinates me because first thing you're like, why? And then he gives the explanation, and you're like, okay, why? That's <laughs> like why I. Feel- do that and it's just the way his mind works it's just different yeah it's almost a genius element to it yeah and definitely sometimes genius doesn't necessarily mean intellect it's just something like a foreign element that we don't understand quite quite why his brain works the way it works oh definitely i don't think my first question like when i see the tattoo is why i think it's more I'm just interested. I'm like, that looks real. like at first that looks like it hurt a lot. Yeah. Uh, second of all, I mean, congrats to you for being braver than me, but also what does it mean? Like there has to be some sort of sim like person for, cause I don't think tattoos are like meant for everyone necessarily. Like they're really more of a personal thing, especially for me. So I guess my question would be like, what do you think? Like, does it mean something personal to him? Is it something that he like identifies with? Is it something that like he put it on his face specifically because when he wants to look in the mirror, he wants to like have a reminder of like, I am a fucking badass. Like, yeah. And I think, I think that, that plays a part. I think it's just him showing he's a warrior because that's how people look at boxers and that's how he's kind of portrayed himself his whole career as a warrior, somebody who doesn't back down from fights. Somebody who's brave, and they don't necessarily be brave at all times. And I think that's how Tyson is. Tyson is somebody who beat a lot of his opponents before the fight started because they saw him and they immediately got stricken, rich, stricken with fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. A, I think he played more mental, mental games. It was that idea of like, I'm about to get in this ring knowing that this guy doesn't care what happens he's coming for me he's gonna come for me and also i signed a waiver so if he kills me it's over like yeah. so what um you've you, you've mentioned a couple of other boxers 
So if you had to pick like two people other than Tyson to be like in your corner, who would they be? In terms of boxers? Mm -hmm. Muhammad Ali and Sugar Ray Leonard. Good picks. Good picks. That's awesome. Why? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, Muhammad Ali is somebody who I respect because he's always very super confident in himself. He always pushed the boundaries of where boxing went. The rope of dope was something that was never done before in boxing. You know, him. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but he had a, a, a boxer versus wrestling match. No, I have no I didn't know anything about this. What? <laughs> yes, uh during the time where he was kick, basically essentially kicked out of boxing because mm-hmm. he didn't want to go to war. Yeah, I knew that. I knew all that. It, that, that was was that before or after he threw his medal into the the river. Yeah. He was like, "Nope." I think that was, think that was after, I want to say. Yeah. I think it was, I feel like it was after, but yeah, there was that whole thing that happened and he was like, nope, not doing it. And he threw his Olympic gold medal into the river. Yeah. They had, a, um, in Japan, they have this wrestling company called New Japan Wrestling. Hmm. And okay. the, I think the head of the company is named Antonio Anoki. So what he did was he hired Ali to have a match with him in Japan. And they didn't think it was going to become a huge thing. But Antonio Inoki in Japan is like a huge star. And probably at least a huge star in the United States, of course. And it kind of blew up. And it was supposed to be like a a working wrestling match. Like, you know, the wrestling kind of fixed and things like that. Actually became an actual wrestler versus boxing match. You can, you can find this fight on YouTube, by the way. Yeah, I'm writing that down. I need to look that up. Wrestling. What was his name again? Antonio uh, Inoki. Antonio Inoki. I definitely Google will fix it. I can't spell. Versus Ali. Versus I'm put in Ali versus Antonio Inoki. That come up immediately. That's nuts. And well, that's another interesting thing about um, Tyson too, because Muhammad Ali he converted to Islam while he was in jail too, yeah. um, but so did Tyson. Uh, was Tyson like, did Tyson draw from Muhammad Ali? Was like, he a really big, I would assume he was a fan. I think uh, if I'm correct, he was a fan. Remember correctly, but Tyson went into Islam around the time where his relationship with Gus Tomato was going sour. Right. Okay. Okay. And it was, it was a weird thing because when he when he made that transition and when he left Gus Gus Pathway and things like that, his discipline kind of went away because like, the way he was trained and Gus was his father figure and stuff like that, it kind of 
change everything. I feel like Islam, the Nation of Islam was kind of that outlet for him to get that guidance that he needed at the time. What happened with that? Why did he... I was under the impression that Tyson um, like got rid of Gus. But like what what happened? Because I th- I thought like got I thought Gus like got him into boxing. Didn't he pull him like out of some orphanage or something in like yeah. New York? And then and he was like, dude, you are very angry and very like you you need something to, you know, channel this rage and this anger and this like you know, this, this fury. And he like, he was the one that really like pushed him into boxing with, or like just a way to channel it. So what happened with that relationship? Like, why was it, did it deteriorate? Was that something that he wanted or was he just like looking for a new guy? I think just got sick, just got older. Also Tyson was heavy into that life of what being rich and famous starts to get you money, women, drugs. Yeah. Yeah, guns, the party, life, all the this parties. Mm-hmm. I think that all played a part in the his eventual downfall in boxing in terms of okay, you're not as good as like if I remember correctly, the Buster Douglas fight, he mm-hmm. didn't train for. No, he didn't. They said that he didn't. Um but I think it was it Buster Douglas that he fought and that Douglas's mother had died like two months before. Correct. And Buster Douglas said, you know, I was just pissed. I just wanted yeah. to get. And so there was it was that combination with the combination that Tyson, you know, didn't take it seriously or just like just decided not to train as hard or something. But he didn't train, was going out partying, getting high, not focusing on boxing and. That's the kind of the story of Mike Tyson in terms of when Tyson was focused, he was almost unstoppable. But once he lost that focus, people started seeing through his technique and started seeing like, hey, there's ways to beat Tyson. There's ways to get around him. And they started exploiting that. Holyfield did a great job of doing it. Buster Douglas did a great job of doing it. And when you saw through that, Tyson didn't adapt well to to that. Yeah. I don't know. Wasn't um I guess my whole thing with like just boxing in general is that it's still really young. Like they're still kids. Like they're still kind of like really young kids when they uh like hit it big kind of. Like it's still that Yeah. Yeah, you know, that it, it's like when you take somebody who's like gone to the pros, like they didn't finish college and they like went to, they got drafted really fast or something like that. And it's like, they're still kids like the, the, but I think it's outrageous that like, you know, we allow 18 year olds to sign up for, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt, (laughs) not really understanding what they sign, sign up for. But I mean, how old was Tyson while this was like, he was in his 20, like, I'm only 27, and... He was, like, 27 when he was having these matches. He was young. Right. And when yeah. he started boxing, he was, like, 17 years old. Yeah. And he got and he got success. Like, he found something that not only did he, I would assume, enjoy and was very passionate about, but he was really damn good at it. And when you get that good that fast and that big, I can only imagine what that 
must be like. And I mean, that never happened to me, but I definitely still went through like some, you know, I was not knowing what I know about myself when I was 18, 19, 20, 20, hell, even like two years, two, three years ago. I was still a mess. Like I, I, I don't, I'm 27. I don't feel like an adult. Like these guys are still kids. Yeah. And not only that, he's a kid with money for one. He's a kid from who, from nothing, who didn't have money, who had right. nothing. And then you go from having nothing and people telling you your only talent is punching people and knocking them out to becoming right. a multi-millionaire, be able to buy whatever you want and get whoever you want in a sense. I mean, like, I, I get to that point where there, if you're Mike Tyson, I'm quite sure it's hard to find women who will tell you no. Oh, yeah. He's a young, good looking black guy who's a, billion, a millionaire, multimillionaire. Right. He whatever he wants to. You know, I, I feel like that's a recipe for disaster. Well, but I also think, too, that if you really didn't have any. You know, if if your circle of people is very small and then all of a sudden your circle of people goes from maybe like two or three, maybe four people that like you're really close with that are like you trust that, you know, you're like really tight with and everything is like cool and you and like they're your ride or die people to all of a sudden having a whole bunch of money. The spotlight is always on you. You know, like you said, everybody's telling you, yeah, you have all this money, but like it's only because you're really good at hitting people. Realistically, who are you now surrounding yourself with that are not going to be just yes people that aren't going to be like, yeah, man, just do whatever. Like, (laughs) you know, and they're just and I have a feeling like if you were to ask one of those people hey, should I do this? They're just going to tell you yes. Like, no, who is telling you no? (laughs) Yeah, and I'm quite sure they're, hey, you want women? Here's some women, Mike. You want drugs? Here's some drugs, Mike. We'll go to a party and do things you probably shouldn't be doing. Let's go do it. Right, well, but also, I mean, it's essentially, too, I I would imagine that, like, there would be that sense of, like, well, the rules really don't apply to me either because, you know, I just walked into a bar and I'm only 19 years old, but nobody was like, let me see your ID. Nobody like people just started handing me drinks, you know, like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can't even that has to be insane. Like, how could how would you not just like lose your mind? Yeah, just add to the fact that most celebrities get stuff for free. So I'm quite sure he's going to these places. Hey, Mike, just come hang out in the bar for an hour. We'll take care of all your drinks. We'll get you whatever food you want. Just come out here and hang out with us for free. Right. So yeah. stuff. Right. Because, well, because, I mean, because the restaurant gets their publicity because they can now say that Mike Tyson ate here, you know, and then he signs a picture and then, like, it's all, you know, it's all fine. But, again, it's that these these guys are really just kids still. <laughs> Yeah. Like I said, I'm 27 and I don't even feel old enough to be considered an adult. But I don't even know what that that has to be just the most it's got to be like an out of body almost like you've been abducted by aliens. Like yeah. kind of thing. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I honestly think that success is not for everybody. 
Yeah. Some people can't deal with success. Some people can't handle success. That's why a lot of times, unfortunately, you see celebrities kill themselves. Yeah. Because they get that level of success. And then when they lose it, they don't know how to cope with that. And that's a harsh reality for some people to deal with, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Um, Do you know if Tyson, um, like, did he, like, get clean? Like, did he have some sort of, like, did he go to therapy? Like, do you, do you know? He does go to therapy. And he, like I say, he takes um, DMTs, correct. He goes to therapy, does counseling and things like that. So he's pretty stable now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he see at least in the documentary that I watched, he seemed very like just a guy, <laughs> just yeah, a yeah. regular guy. <laughs> yeah, and it's just a weird, wild story that Mike Tyson has. Like, even if you look at like he was married to Robin Gibbons. Oh, yeah, I forgot random. about that. I forgot about yeah. that. And did you Wasn't ever hear she the, story the gold about, digger though? Yeah, and did you ever hear the story about? Her, she didn't go to him. Well, him finding out their relationship was over because she was sleeping with Brad Pitt. No. Yeah. I just was aware that, like, she and her mother were, like, gold diggers. And so that was the whole thing with, like, her getting in a relationship with Tyson. But I hadn't. What? Yeah, Do tell. Apparently, Tyson came home. And his house was locked up. Her, she was there leaving with. A young Brad Pitt who was not even famous yet. <laughs> like, this is like Brad Pitt before he became who he is today. And I what do you Tyson, do? Tyson, Tyson didn't do anything, fortunately. He scared the crap out of but Brad But what Pitt. do you do? Like, if you're that guy, like, because at that point, it's like you said, Brad Pitt's just a guy. So, like, what do you do if, like, you, like, and then all of a sudden, like, you're trying to leave and, like, Mike, like, what do you, Mike Tyson shows up, like, you is the first thought that comes through your head, like, I'm about to die? Like, Pretty much. Uh, if a situation like that is already rough. Right. In terms of if you're messing with a woman and you don't, maybe you know it or you don't know it, that she has a husband and he comes home. Yeah. And he sees you. It's probably going to be a fight, no matter what you say. Yeah, but now that guy is Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, so it's probably amplified more that it's Mike Tyson, somebody you've probably seen on people's TV kill people, essentially. So, it's, I, I, I would, I would assume, yeah, I would assume fight or flight picks, kicks in, but once you realize it's Tyson, I say just run. Like, yeah. just run the other way. Yeah, and I would say that about Holyfield. Oh, oh, yeah. Most people who are trained in fighting, you don't want to have a fight with them. No. At all. No. <laughs> yeah, I would say that that's true for any fighter. I don't if wrestling, UFC, boxing, it doesn't really matter. Just, just leave. Just get out. Especially if that fighter is Mike Tyson. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want any parts of that. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. God. Well, I mean, we know we know the end of the story. Obviously, Brad Pitt was fine and everybody was fine, but oh, I can't even I don't even know what do you do? <laughs> yeah. It's wild thing. 
You would never put those two and two together, like Brad Pitt, Mike Tyson. I mean, my money's for sure on Tyson. But at the same time, like, well, I bet you said Brad Pitt wasn't like he wasn't. He he was still like a nobody. So nobody at that time. From what Tyson was saying about the story, he was still like an unknown. wasn't that huge of a deal. Maybe an X-ray movie and stuff like that. But I was probably fun with him. Well, then maybe like that was sort of the thing was because it wasn't like it wasn't Brad Pitt. Like it was just some random dude. And do we know if that was sort of like the end of their relationship? Like, was it already kind of over? It was kind of over at that time. Okay, so maybe he was like, you know what? This is just the nail in the coffin. Like, I really don't need any more of this. So just get out. Um, Right. So, like, what? what's your favorite Mike Tyson moment ever that you remember, that you've seen, like, ever? Oh, that's a good one. I want, it's a lot of, I, I love the Holyfield fight because, I love Holyfield, the first one, because it was just an exciting fight and it was unexpected. Oh, yeah. I, I like the Frank Bruno fight. Mm, I don't think I've seen I, I that like, one. I like all of his fights that were short, honestly. The ones I can't even remember, like Peter McNeely, I think his name is. Yeah. I, I like the fights that were over before they even start because it was so unexpected. It was so shocking. Like, if you if you go look up Mike Tyson knockouts on YouTube, you will see some of the craziest knockouts uh-huh. I've ever seen. Like, holy crap. And it's it's amazing to just watch him move in a way that he moves. It doesn't, almost mechanical. Yeah. Well, but I mean, they call it doing the dance. And that's one of my favorite things about boxing is it is a dance. And if you watch it close enough, you can see that there is a rhythm and everybody has their own rhythm and style. And like, that's where boxing to me, any sort of fighting style to me, really, there does become a crossover, especially with like the great ones. It becomes an art form almost with the greats because they've figured out how to, you know, they've figured out how to take basics and turn them into deadly beauty yeah i agree awesome (laughs) um okay so two more questions and then i'll let you go (laughs) okay so as an adult how do you feel about tyson coming out of retirement first do you know like why he's coming out of retirement and then like how do you feel about it are you excited are you nervous what what are you feeling I'm excited to watch it. I, to my knowledge, it's an exhibition fight, and it's changed because do you, do you know the whole details about it? No, I don't. I just heard like on Twitter that he's okay. coming out of retirement. Okay, he is supposed to come out of retirement to fight Roy Jones Jr. Oh my! Yeah. Wow. So what happened was I can't remember the name of the company. But you, you haven't seen those like um those fights that those fight cards they be having with the YouTubers fighting each other in boxing matches. Yeah, a little bit. They got him to do that essentially. They paid him a boatload of money to be the main. I know the, the man event. doesn't need the money. I know he, he doesn't. doesn't. So it's it's got to be just for him then. Yeah, okay. and they offered him a match against Floyd, not Floyd, but um Roy Jones Jr. and as, you, as you've seen in the boxing video, Mike Tyson was training a lot. 
he started to look like old Mike Tyson. So Roy Jones Jr. came out and said, I don't know if I want to do this anymore after seeing how Tyson looks. So they changed the match to an exhibition and a no knockout rule. Boo. So we're going to see how I'm assuming Roy Jones is going to have headgear on because Roy Jones is now 50 years old. And I don't think he wants to get killed by Mike Tyson, but that is a very possible ability because Mike Tyson is in incredible shape. And from what I saw, Roy Jones is not in incredible shape. And I think he immediately regrets taking this fight. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you should have let sleeping dogs lie, I guess, but... (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. It'll still be exciting. I'll still watch it. It'll be fun. And the the fight is originally supposed to happen this month. Oh! I thought it was supposed to be next month. Maybe I read it wrong. No, no, you read it. You're correct. It was originally supposed to happen this month. But Tyson said, let's wait another month so we can get more money. Okay, maybe that was what it was. Okay, I mean, you, he didn't do whatever. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. Because people are chopping the bits for it. Oh, yeah. That'll be real. I'm still going to watch it. It'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you know if it's going to be on, like, pay-per-view or anything like that? I think it is. I think it is on pay-per-view. Okay. Okay. Good to know. I'll just have to find it. Okay, and then last question about Mike Tyson. What is one thing that you find in yourself that you would like to say is like a relatability thing or something that you are proud of that like Tyson either brought out in you or that you think that you have in common with Tyson? I think our gentleness we have in common. I think we both have that gentle, kind side to us that people don't often see. I also think that there's elements of courage that I have that Tyson has as well, because Tyson is very courageous, and he inspires me to know that, hey, it's okay to be afraid as long as you fight back, you know? Mm-hmm. That's important for everybody. Like, fear, you can't let it overtake you, and you need to like, let it feed you and challenge you to accomplish your goals. I think that's one thing that I've highly respect about Mike Tyson is the fact that throughout his whole boxing career, he fought with fear, but he overcame it to accomplish his goal. I think that's dope. No, it's awesome. Did he help? Did like, did you like discover that the more you learned about Tyson that like, Hey, I have this too. Like I, I can do this too. Or was it something that like, you know, you kind of went away from boxing and then you came back and you were like, Oh yeah, like we're cool. Yeah, I think, I think it was just me getting older and seeing those elements of Tyson and watching documentaries and things like that about Tyson and just learning more about him and the person that he was and how he, how he sees the world. I think that kind of made me more closer to understanding who he is and respecting that aspect of him. Cool, cool. Okay, so tell everybody what, you, what you're doing now, what you're, what, what, like what's coming next for you. Yeah. Check out the Devil Cox Experience anywhere you get podcasts. And check out the PlayStation Experience, my video game podcast. I do all about PlayStation. You know, it's a lot of things going on there. Pretty soon the PS5 is going to be coming out, so we're going to be talking a lot about that. And it's fun times. I'm super excited for it. Okay, awesome. Cool. Well, 
We love having you here on the Manic Pixie Weirdo. I will definitely get you back on at some point. But thank oh. you for coming on at the last minute, and I'm sorry about yesterday. No problem at all. Don't worry about it. This has been a blast. Thank you. Awesome. Cool. I will send you the recording, and um, have a good night. You too. Peace. Bye.